ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 and 9.30. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. Welcome in. Paul Fung, your host for today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. Here until 6 o'clock. We'll take your phone calls later on at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer, and you can join us again, 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. So I'm, I'm sort of this week getting back into the swing of things here. Of course, we've got Marshall on the road this week for the men. The women are going to be at the Henderson Center. And just to give you a heads up, coming on tomorrow's show, we're going to hear from Tony Kemper, head coach of the Marshall women's team, as the ladies are in action. And again, as Marshall's on the road, the ladies are on the Cam Henderson floor. The men will be at Middle Tennessee. The women will take off against Middle Tennessee. It's going to be a 6 o'clock tip there. So 6 o'clock tip on Thursday for the women. The men will tip at 7.30 p.m. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And other than basketball, you've got track and field, of course. Uh, That's coming up, and we're getting closer and closer to the start of some other sports. But right now, for the most part, the men and the women's basketball team are taking center stage for the Thundering Herd, keeping it held down. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what the women can do. They've got Middle Tennessee coming in here, and then the women in action will, of course, be facing off against UAB as the men will be on the road against UAB. But uh, I'm interested to see where we go this week. More on the men to see what they can take away from that loss the other day. Is it a matter of just they found out that they're going to lose sometimes a, a tough one against a defensive team? Do they find out that, okay, you got to slow down a little bit? They're one of the fastest paced teams in the country. Do they have to slow down a little bit? Did we learn that? Is, is that what we're learning here? Because I don't think we can fall back on that youth excuse again anymore. And let me just re-stress that. We can't fall on the youth excuse anymore. Just some bad passes. And to be honest, I thought Marshall could have won that game. Let's be fair. Marshall could have won that game. There were opportunities in the game where Marshall, if they could have made a basket here, basket there, and of course we can say that about any game. I'm not gonna not gonna lie to you. That could be said for any game. But it was down to the clock's running out. Marshall's got the possession. They can tie it or win it if they can go down and convert. And didn't happen for the herd. So here we are. Thundering her going on the road. I want to see, I'm interested. I'm interested in this Marshall-Middle Tennessee matchup just because we're talking about a Middle Tennessee team that a few years ago, they were the team you would circle Middle Tennessee and go, okay, this is one of the teams that could win Conference USA. I don't know if they are one of the teams that could win Conference USA. You don't circle that game now, they could surprise me. Let's be fair. They could. And UAB, UAB is a team I will keep an eye on for. But I'm starting to like the way the schedule. I, Other than the pod, I like the way the schedule's done. You play everybody once. You play your road partner twice. Now, I don't know how you compensate for the other games because you got to have the games. Get the pod system. you got to have the games because it's revenue. 
basically, here's a part of your schedule. Don't know when you're going to play. You can't take those away. But I, I like this schedule. I like you see this team one time, and it means something. You better get them now. With pod play, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm on board with it still. And, of course, we're going we're gonna to see what it looks like. See if it does anything better or if it's just going to be completely a failure again for Conference USA. It's not going to achieve its goal I mean, they can't just give it up after one year. That would have been the brave thing to do. I know, terrible use of the word brave. But still, that would have been the brave thing to do by the conference to admit that, you know what, this pod thing, not exactly revolutionizing college basketball. Not where it's at. So the plus, though, is I like the schedule up until the pod. I like, okay, going down to Middle Tennessee, playing UB. That's it. You play everybody once, and then maybe you get into tournament play. Maybe to do that early. Probably not the best thing to do. Or you just spread out the season a little bit more. Maybe you do that. Of course, you'll want to add non-conference games, obviously, because, again, you don't want to miss those opportunities to get revenue. So what do you do to balance the schedule? Or you just play your division foes again. Yeah, you could do that. That's that's possible. Home and away with your division foes. I still like this, though. Hey, you just play everybody once. I'm kind of a fan of that. Play... And it's basketball, so you can move the schedule around a little bit more and do different things. But that's the only thing I like about pod play. Of course, we're going to give it another chance. We're going to give it another go here. But Conference USA, not exactly lighting the world on fire right now. Not in football, not in basketball. You know, I was looking at football today, and I'm not going to go over the entire thing. It's just something that caught my eye. But I was looking at, I think it was 24-7, they were ranking the power conferences or just ranking all the conferences after the Bulls. And Conference USA, ninth out of 10. ninth out of 10, giving Conference USA the edge over the Mid-American Conference because the top teams in Conference USA are better than the top teams in the Mid-American Conference. But here we are, Conference USA a year ago had the highest winning percentage of bowl games. This year, almost towards the bottom. Don't know how to flip that script. Don't know how to make that change. How, if you're Conference USA, how do you get yourself out of that situation where you're not as good as the Sun Belt right now? You're not... And if you're Middle Tennessee, you're Western Kentucky, you're some of these teams, you left the Sun Belt, how are you not regarded higher than the Sun Belt? Well, look at the performance in football. Yeah, I know what you're trying to do with basketball because really Conference USA was pretty good basketball conference. It was Memphis mostly, but you want to see how good Conference USA was in basketball? Hey, take a look at the Conference USA 2.0. It's called the American. And so Conference USA has some work to do. We will get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Just me rolling solo today with you on today's Tuesday edition. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday, January 7th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And I know we're a couple of days away from Marshall basketball, so we'll get back into that ramp-up this week as we get you set for the herd on the road. And that's coming up Thursday, and we will have all the pregame coverage for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So the thing that's really been talked about today, well, at least, okay, in my limited sphere of people who pass by my desk, the limited sphere 
has been, did you see the XFL rules? Do you, you see what they're going to do in the XFL? Like, okay, let me look at this. The Vince McMahon League, let me look at this. Let's see see what we got here. I mean, does Cincinnati have a team in this thing? No? Okay. Yeah, we'll see if I watch. Here's some of the, the big ones, the big rules. It's going to be different than the NFL. If you're looking for different than the NFL, this is going to be your league. And I'm still trying to figure out how is this going to be any better than, hey, you know what? There's Canadian football on. Oh, that's nice. I'll watch a little bit of that. So during punts, players can't leave the line of scrimmage until after the punter kicks the ball away. So there will not be any blocks. Okay, so I'm punting. Let me understand this. I'm punting. And players can't leave the line of scrimmage until after the punter kicks the ball away. So no blocking the punt. Wait a minute. Isn't that a big part of special teams is trying to block the punt? That's not going to not gonna have that. No roughing the kicker by rule of gameplay. All right, that's 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 fine. Let's see what else you got. Punts. Now, this one maybe I might be on board with. Punts that go into the end zone or out of play will be spotted at the 35-yard line or wherever the ball lands out of bounds. So, guess what? Fair catches, pinning the opposition down deep. No, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. Okay, trying to speed the game up, kind of get it to flow here. All right, here's the big one. On point after attempts, following a touchdown, a team will have three options. Three options. You got a one-point play from the two-yard line. All right, two-yard line. I'm going to try to run it in, throw a quick pass. One-point play. Makes it touchdown and a point after. Seven points there. Or, you know what? I want I want two points. So they're going to spot this thing for a two-point play from the three-yard line. So if you're if you're going for it from the two for one point, don't you just decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for it for two from the three-yard line. Take the three-yard line play and let's just go for it. Okay, point after. Some people think it's almost automatic. Again, I don't know what the league has against kickers, but I, I can see why you want to make it exciting. But if you want three points, it's a 10-yard line play. So they'll spot you at the 10-yard line. If you can get it in from the 10-yard line, you get three points. So all of a sudden, if you're down by 15, 16, 17, you can make that up pretty much real quick. Two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, you're in. Or if you're really good, you can you can force the other team to have to play keep up with you. You go for it for three. You go for it for three a couple times and you get it. All of a sudden, you've got... A nine-point play. Your touchdown is six points plus the, the three-point. Two plays, two drives, you could end up with 18 points. And then you got to force the other team to either score more and just go for the one point, try to be more consistent, or they got to try to get it all back. Again, trying to keep this thing moving. One thing that is really going to be, I think, help speed the game up, one foot in bounds. So if you're trying to establish possession, trying to catch the ball, one foot in bounds. Does he have two feet in bounds? Does he not? No. If it's one foot in bounds, you got to catch. Move on. Let's get this going. Okay. And here's what overtime looks like. You're going to have five single play possessions from the five-yard line. That's it. Each team is going to get five single play possessions from the five-yard line. If the game remains tied, teams will rotate possessions until someone comes away victorious. In other words, they're taking hockey and creating a shootout in football. That's my understanding here. The shootout is now coming to the football leagues. That's what they're doing in hockey. Like, okay, here's a, here's your first shooter. Go shoot. And after five, if it's still tied, guess what? Sudden death overtime. I do like the shootout in hockey. You get overtime. You reduce the men on ice. You get overtime. It's a quicker style of hockey. It's faster. If you can't get a goal, 
Then you go to the shootout. Here we go. Let's end this. We don't have to stay here all night because, believe it or not, there are people who go to basketball games, go to football games, go to hockey games. They leave early. And if it looks like they're going to have to spend more time than they want to, they're going to bail on you. I'm of the mindset, unless it's just an utter massacre and there's just no sense and no entertainment value whatsoever, I'm there. I'm watching the game. Let's see what happens till the conclusion. Because after all, traffic is such a bear at Huntington to deal with. You got to get out of the Henderson Center early. But I like this though. This is, this keeps going overtime. Okay, stick around. Don't know what's going to happen because we're going to the shootout. I will watch a couple of weeks of this for sure. And it seems like it's going to be fast. It's going to be a quicker game. It's going to be faster. It's going to be. Let's just go and play. Running clock. Let's go ahead. Get this thing over with. Have a good time. There you go. The XFL rules. Now, is this going to catch on, though? That's the question. Yeah, it's got Vince McMahon's name, and they tried this XFL thing before and and failed miserably, and they're taking their time. They're not rushing the market. They didn't go to market quickly like the Alliance of American Football. They didn't do that, which is trying to get product out because they thought if they could get out the market first, they could get out there, they could be ahead of it and be the dominant alternate football league. My question to you is, are these gimmicky? Is this a gimmick? Or is this where real innovation begins? Does innovation begin in the game of football because you've got a league like the XFL that has nothing to lose other than a lot of Vince McMahon's money? Let's be honest. A lot of Vince McMahon's war chest, a lot of his money, that's what you got to lose here. Because the NFL right now is the dominant league. It's where the best players go. It's where the best style of football is being played for a lot of people. I mean, there's those who will say college is better, and okay, I get that. But you've got the best of the best playing in the NFL. Everyone that's a sports fan, for the most part, is watching the NFL. I mean, the NFL playoffs had some of the best ratings it's seen in a long time here. The wild card had some great ratings, and part of that was because a lot of people tuned in to see Tom Brady win, and a lot of people tuned in to see Tom Brady lose. But for the most part, the wild card's been doing pretty good ratings-wise. So that ratings lull was sort of like a hiccup here. People are watching football again, watching NFL-style football. But how many people have been clamoring for, okay, after NFL football's over, I got to have more football. How many people are clamoring for that? And that's where it's going to be interesting to see, all right, if the XFL can establish itself and then maintain. Because they've got a war chest. They're supposedly doing this right. They're putting everything in place. There's not going to be this situation where you're sort of playing it by ear week to week. You're flying by the seat of your pants. That's not happening this way. I'll give them credit. They're putting it together. But I just don't know if it's going to be enough because there's football on. Hey, look, there's arena football or indoor football. Okay, that, that didn't that doesn't have the appeal it used to. For some places, yeah, that's that's football and that's fine. Canadian football. You watch a little bit of that? Yeah, sure you do. If you've got a favorite player on that team, someone you followed, Marshall, for example. I mean, come on, a few years ago, Rakeem Cato was up in the Canadian Football League and we were excited and happy and talking about that and now we're not. And is it going to take, hey, you know what? There's a player that you like from college that's playing in the XFL. I'm going to tune in for him. Is that what it's going to take for you to watch this? And to be honest with you, right now, I got hockey to watch. I've got NBA if I'm so inclined. I'm going to have baseball. Baseball will be relevant again soon. I mean, we're going to be talking baseball soon. Let's, let's be honest with you. Here, we're right now in the first weeks of January. Pretty soon, next thing you know, we're going to be talking about March Madness, and then we're going to be jumping into baseball. Before you know it, it's going to be here. Do I have time for the XFL? With these crazy rules and all, do I have time? And it's going to be interesting. Sure, February 8th. 
February 8th is when we're going to get into this. Am I going to be focused on extra football on February 8th? I'm going to be watching college basketball, right? I'm going to be watching hockey, right? I'm going to be watching the NBA, right? There's a transition. I like it. Okay, football's over. Now I can get into some other stuff here. I'm going to see more of this now. And now we're going to transition into the, the playoffs. Because I'm going to tell you right now, March Madness is going to have my full attention in March. College basketball. I'm going to work as much hockey in as I can. And then come playoff time, I'm going to be watching the NBA. I'm going to be watching NHL because there's no playoff that's better than the NHL. Plain and simple. No playoff better. And that one I will argue with you until the very last breath. And then I will go get some more breaths to argue with you some more. So don't even try it with me. 304-399-8255 is our local number. You can text us there, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Those, the Miller Lite phone lines. We got more on the way. It's the drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition, the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan, your host. Tuesday edition of the show. Glad you guys are with us. We're getting back into the swing of things here, knocking off some of the ring rust. We're going to be in fighting shape here in a few days. You know how you have to, you got to play. It's sort of like a mini camp for me. This week is mini camp, to be quite honest with you. Just getting back into the rhythm of things, just remembering how to do this. And I'll tell you what, I miss doing this with you guys. So I'm glad we're back together doing it all over again. So um, I really haven't got into the NFL coaching hires. Uh, I will mention one only because there's a college connection. Of course, Matt Rule, Baylor, he is uh, going to be the coach of the Carolina Panthers. So who's going to fill his job? Who's going to take his job over? Who, who gets that job? Well, I was looking at some of the names that are coming up as uh, coaching candidates. And, you know, yeah, you look for some of the up-and-comers. You look for some of the, the bigger name hires, coordinators. And one name that stuck out to me, and actually two, there were two names that really stuck out to me. First of all, Luke Fickle, head coach of Cincinnati. I don't see him doing that, but at the same time, there's a guy done solid. I and mean, would you take Baylor? Would you leave Cincinnati for Baylor? If it's anyone else, maybe you do. I don't know if that guy does. And then one name that comes up that I thought, okay, that's an interesting, interesting look. Is Skip Holtz, your head coach of Louisiana Tech. Now, what makes Skip interesting here is he's regarded as a consistent winner, right? Overall record is 144-107, and he took over Louisiana Tech in 2013. He's 56 and 36 there, and they've been successful. They haven't won a conference championship. I mean, we're not talking Lane Kiffin successful here. If you base everything on championships, we're not talking Lane Kiffin here. But at the same time, uh, we got a guy who has had some success, maybe not so much at, at, at USF, but East Carolina was successful there. Uh, UConn was, was successful there. If you're successful at UConn, you can coach football. And so here's a guy, Conference USA, Louisiana Tech, Skip Holtz. I just thought that was interesting. I'm going to leave that one for you. I'm not implying anything here, but you like it when your coaches get looked at. And if you're Conference USA, you need everything you can get right now. Let's be honest. You need every positive you can get. You need something to keep people talking about Conference USA because let's be honest, uh, nobody's talking about Conference USA, not after the less than stellar bowl performance. And how does that hurt a league overall? Does that really hurt the league? Just chalk it up, okay, just not a good year. Not a good year for the teams in the postseason. I mean, you look at how many teams you got in the postseason, you think, okay, it's pretty good. 
more opportunities for teams to experience the bowls. Yeah, that's that's all right. That's good. But at the same time, we're getting back to my point, too many bowls. I'm not going to tell a young man, hey, sorry, Paul Swan thinks that the, there are too many bowls that so you can't go with your 6-5 six and five team, your 6-6 six and six team. Used to be 6-5. and five. You're not going to go with your 6-6 six and six team to play a bowl because I think you're mediocre. I'm not going to say that. But too many bowls. Of course, you're not going to get them to cut back. It's quality programming. And let's be honest, uh, I did enjoy Bowl Palooza. I think there are too many bowls. But at the same time, we had wall-to-wall bowl games. I, I did enjoy that. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. But still, don't perform well. So you need anything and everything. If, if there's a coach in Conference USA that people are looking to, it's like, hey, this is an up-and-comer. I mean, Lane Kiffin, I mean, he didn't bring overall excitement to Conference USA, but he did enough to get himself out of Conference USA. It was a nice landing spot for him. And so yeah, I don't know if Skip Holtz gets the nod as the next head coach of Baylor. There are probably some other names out there that are going to get some consideration. But Jeff Munkin, head coach of Army, I mean, come on. Let, let's be honest. Here's a guy has been doing some really good things with Army. Army, that's a hard program to be a college football coach of. Completely hard. So here's a guy that could get a nod. And, you know, it's going down the list again. Of course, you know, you're going to look inside as well. Joey McGuire, the assistant coach of Baylor, he's probably going to get a look as well. But I just thought, okay, hey, Skip Holtz is getting some some love here. Uh, what about Willie Fritz from Tulane? I mean, Tulane, let's talk about them for a second. Come on. Um, Tulane winning back-to-back bowl games for the first time ever? Not just uh, recently, but ever. I mean, if you can win at Tulane, if you can make Tulane competitive? Tell you what, if I'm Tulane, I'm writing a check right now. Hey, um, how much is it going to take to keep you? Yeah, I think we got that. That's what you do. That's that's completely what you do. You keep that program moving. And uh, if I'm Conference USA, though, I don't know what I'm doing. You, you can't, as a league, you can't sit there and hold coaches back. But boy, I would hang on to Skip Holtz. I'm Louisiana Tech. I would, I would, you know, I would try, hey, what do you need? What do you need to make this? Because Louisiana Tech's got potential. They could win a conference championship. What's, what's it going to take here? What do you need? Because again, this is a league where Lane Kiffin comes in, wins two of three championships, and then the other championship goes to a team that was disbanded and then put back together again by sheer will, duct tape, and thumbtacks, and they're better than ever. So what do you do if you're trying to improve the image of Conference USA? Well, things like this are positive, though. Coaches in your league or at your uh, institutions are considered to be uh, viable candidates for higher-profile jobs. Uh, That's one thing that... At this level, you hope happens that either you get somebody who's going to be like a Dan D'Antoni, for example. You know, he's not, he wants a coach marshal. If he was younger, he would probably be in a conversation, but he's, he wants a coach marshal. He wants to be your coach because that's what he's been working towards. Hey, I have an opportunity now. I'm going to coach my school. I want to coach Marshall. That, that's his goal. But there are sometimes situations where it, it's not good that nobody's talking about your coaches or you know, your assistants aren't really being talked about, be head coaches elsewhere. And, you know, and, so, and it's good, though. When you see coaches move on, you hate that they leave, but at the same time, if they go to bigger, more prestigious jobs or have uh, opportunities to make more money, you're pretty excited for them and you hope that you can get the next guy that comes in come and bring some excitement and elevate your program and revitalize, give them that opportunity. But, you know, that's that's where we're at right now. It, it kind of feels like you're not feeling, you're not seeing that as much out of Conference USA. I mean, other than Skip Holtz and, okay, Lane, is anybody talking about coaches in Conference USA? Is anyone talking about Conference USA other than me right now? Pretty much no. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-TALK. That is our phone number. Be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. We are going to wrap it up when we continue on this Tuesday edition of the show here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. 
Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I guess so. While I was gone, it seems that the fuss about watching games on the internet has reared its ugly head. Now, I'll save this for just the last few minutes of the show today because I really don't want to spend 20, 30 minutes pontificating the fact that here we are in 2020, 2020, and all of a sudden, the rest of the state of West Virginia discovered that sometimes your team's game gets moved to the internet. And here's the reality of it. These games, some of them are put on the free side of the streaming portal, and some of them are put on the gated side. And you know why you do that? It's because you put these games on the gated side, either you're going to pay for the key to get the lock unlocked so you can get inside, or you're not. And I know there's concerns about, hey, you know what? Broadband capability is not that good in West Virginia. Broadband capability in rural parts of the state, not that good. And my pushback to you is, well, whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? That's a one. That's infrastructure. That needed to be work on years and years and years ago. And, of course, it's going to take a while to push. I mean, this isn't flat land here. We're not talking the tech mecca of the world here. But at the same time, here's a great opportunity now to expand our digital horizons and start pushing and making broadband more of a reality to residents of the state of West Virginia. Plain and simple. Of course, I'm fortunate to live in the beautiful metropolis of Huntington, West Virginia, where internet is free and flowing and maybe not free, but still flowing. See my point here? It's an issue now because all of a sudden somebody had to pay $4.99 to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch a game that they couldn't get on their regular TV package. And the whole point here is the ESPN Plus platform is an addition and to find ways to get you to subscribe to that, there has to be programming. And not everything's going to make itself on the linear, linear channel. And so where do you put these games? If it's not going to be on the linear channel, where is it going to go? Well, it's going to go on the digital platform because not every game can be played at the same time on ESPN or ESPN2 or even ESPNU. Instead, it's going to end up on one of the digital platforms. And I get it. Now it's your turn. If it impacts you, it's your turn now to... To deal with this. Uh, for me, uh, $4.99 a month. I'm golden. I love it. It's actually probably, I watch it more maybe than ESPN proper only because one, I got it for a simple reason. There's hockey. I want to watch some hockey now and then. And $4.99 sure beats for me uh, $25 a month for the NHL package. I wonder if the NHL digital package is $25 a month. Now they dropped it a little bit. I could get the second half season for like $100, which I'm sitting there thinking to myself, no, I don't know if I want to do that because I'm not going to be there. For me, it's different. I'm not going to be there every night to be able to watch these. I'm going to be doing maybe a Marshall game. And so, and and here's another thing. Uh, Marshall's available on ESPN Plus a lot. And I tell you what, way better than Facebook, way better than that, trying to find it on Stadium. Uh, That was, you know, before that, remember um, remember the American Network, whatever that thing was called? That was a nightmare. Complete nightmare. Now I get ESPN Plus. I'm able to stream it. I don't have a situation, though, where I don't have quality internet issue problems, and that's fortunate for me. But at at the same time, here it is. Here's an opportunity. You know, what's it going to take to get broadband brought into the state of West Virginia on a more available basis? Well, if it takes a stupid basketball game that no one can see, 
because they don't have the internet quality. Hey, guess what? There's your catalyst here. It's funny. Funny how these things work that I can't see my game. So all of a sudden people notice there's a problem when there's been a problem for years, but it's not an athletic director's issue. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Where the games are or where the games aren't, not necessarily the issue of your athletic director. Because I know the game against um, Duquesne perplexed a lot of people with the fact that it was not available on a stream. And there were people who were upset, riled up about that, when it's not within Marshall's control. And to be honest, I was fine listening to it on the radio. Now, I like watching the games as well, but I was fine. And if you wanted to see that game bad enough, you had a couple of options. You could have uh, you could have went to Cleveland. If that wasn't feasible, then you get get the radio broadcast. And with that said, we're going to say goodnight to you. We'll come back and do it tomorrow even better, I promise you. Back in studio for our Wednesday edition. And don't forget, we've got, of course, basketball action on Thursday, and we'll be back at it then as well. Coming back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.